Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word. The Old Testament reading for the sixth Sunday after Trinity is from Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. This is the word of the Lord. We now speak responsibly by whole verse, the introit. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. To you, O Lord, I call, my rock, be not deaf to me. Lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults. And with my song, I give thanks to him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. The epistle is from Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 
We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Things have been rough lately, haven't they? We aren't able to go places as easily as we were before. We aren't able to see everyone that we want to see. Whether that's because they're sick and we don't want to potentially spread anything to them or they spread anything to us or whether they're in nursing homes and we aren't able to go and see them there or just simply that they're lonely but they're far away. In fact, Even our worship lives have been changed from what they were before. We didn't used to have to worry about social distancing or about trying to do services online or out in the parking lot. Our lives have certainly been interrupted and changed. But at the same time, we do recognize that it's not as bad as it could There have certainly been worse plagues that have ravaged the world than what we're experiencing right now. And we are, in fact, still able to stay quite a bit more connected through the good and proper use of the Internet and other technology in ways that at other times and during other plagues just simply weren't possible. But of course, ultimately, we recognize that the reason that it's not as bad as it could be is because the Lord has not abandoned us. 
because he has not been silent toward us. He has, in fact, not been deaf toward us. Listen again to our intro for today and hear the truth of the Lord who speaks to us and who hears our prayers. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. To you, O oh Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. We recognize the truth that if we got what we deserved, we would have so much worse than what's going on right now. That if we got what we deserved, we would only be standing in the silence of the Lord with no proper expectation that he would ever even listen to us, let alone actually answer us favorably. That's what the silence of the Lord is. It's when he doesn't speak to us or answer our prayers. The silence of the Lord is when he cuts you off from the means of grace, from the very means through which he delivers his salvation and his forgiveness, his word and his sacrament. The silence of the Lord, which we deserve, is, in, is when he refuses to answer our prayers or refuses to even hear our prayers. And the reason that this is so devastating is because without these things, there can be no salvation. Make no mistake, his death on the cross earned our salvation. He bought us from sin, from the Father and his wrath. But we also know how he delivers that salvation to us. He does it through his word, through his sacrament. Which means that if you don't have that, then you aren't receiving what you need. If God is not hearing you and caring for you, then there is truly no hope. We as a congregation today are just finishing helping another congregation with this. Because a congregation without a shepherd struggles with the silence of God, struggles with whether or not God can hear their prayers. Because that's what the office of the ministry is about. 
The office of the ministry is the public office through which God speaks his word and distributes his sacraments to the congregation. The public office is the office through which the members of a congregation are constantly and consistently lifted up in prayer, ensuring that their concerns and their needs are heard of. And a congregation without a man in that office struggles. It wasn't all that long ago that you all were going through that. I'm sure that you all remember how much of a struggle it is to be a congregation without a pastor. And yet, you also know the truth that whether or not there is a man in the office, that the Lord is ultimately your shepherd. And that the Lord is ultimately the best shepherd. You know that we human pastors are simply images of the one who truly cares for you. And that your God in heaven cares for you deeper than I possibly could. Or than any other pastor possibly could. And you know that your good shepherd has promised to never be silent toward you and to always hear and answer your prayers. You know the truth that because of what Christ did on the cross, you never need to worry about Christ being silent to you again. You never need to worry about whether or not you can approach God in heaven and ask for things. You know that you yourselves can come to God without having to go through me or anyone else. We have been blessed in this time that you all have your own Bibles. That even if you don't, you can hop online and find an internet website that has the Bible through which the Lord can speak to you and through which the Lord can grant you the forgiveness of sins that you so desperately need. This is our Lord. This is our good shepherd. And yet, because he knows what we need, he has, in fact, given us the public office. He has, in fact, given us pastors and men to fill them. Because he knows that we need that image, that we need that symbol that sometimes you need to hear somebody say to you, you are forgiven. That you need to have somebody hand you the bread and the wine. That you need people to remind you of the water and word through which you were cleansed. And that you need someone to be able to do that for your children and for those who are new to the faith. All of which is to say, that yet again, our Lord has proven true to his promises. He has carried St. Paul's through a vacancy and given them a, a pastor, just like he did for you just four years ago, just about. You recognize that he has proven again that he is your strength and your shield, that you can trust in him that he will never be silent toward you or reject your prayers. 
And because he has proven that time and time again, you are free, therefore, to trust in him to do it for all of eternity, to exult in him, knowing that he will continue to be with you, knowing that he will continue to be your good shepherd. And you can therefore sing your thanksgiving to him for all of eternity, knowing that when the day comes that he returns to this world, that you will be there with him, that you will see him face to face, and that when he sees you, he will see you wearing the righteousness that he earned for you and that was given to you through your baptism, through the word, through your partaking of the sacrament, and that he will welcome you into his kingdom to be with him forever. Now, therefore, may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.